Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Tuesday, August the 7th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the final practice report before an actual football game. We'll get you caught up on all the injuries, notes, and comments about the day's practice. Plus, the Dolphins add a running back to the roster, and I give my personal depth chart to close out the podcast. But first, I kindly invite each and every one of you guys to please subscribe to the podcast, now a top five podcast in the Lockdown Network on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review once you are there. Give me a follow on Twitter, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, as voted by the peers. That's at Wingful NFL, and the show is at Lockdown Fins. And of course, the number one rated blog in the Lockdown Network as well, LockdownDolphins.com. Jason Harina pumping out his camp notes every single day for us there. Great stuff from him as always. And last but not least, the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts like the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast and Lockdown NFL Podcast for all the national coverage of your favorite football teams and players. All right, and the Mad Dog, as he is wont to do, leads us into our news items for the day. And once again, it involves Knicks and Dings at practice. A couple of new Dings to talk about, ones that we don't really want to hear about, but... Nonetheless, it sounds like it is good news on both of these fronts. Laramie Tunzel and Tony Lippett, the starting left tackle and potential starting cornerback, both were shaken up at today's practice, but it sounds like nothing beyond just a nick or a ding happened in those. So they were back out on the practice field later in the day, so all good there. Jake Brendel misses his 10th straight practice, and I wanted to make a note on this. That's a really bad sign for a guy that's vying for a backup offensive line job. We've heard positive reports about Isaac Asiata for the first time in about a year now, it seems like. And if Brendel can't get back onto the field, Asiata might have a chance to crack the lineup or crack the opening day roster because Ted Larson functions as a backup center as well. And that's Brendel's pass to the roster as being that backup center. So he needs to get back on the field, needs to play in the preseason, needs to show out pretty well to get himself onto that spot of the roster. A.J. Derby was back in yesterday's practice. We'll talk about his standing on the depth chart later in the podcast. And Will Hayes was working out on the side, doing boxing drills, trying to keep his conditioning up while that hamstring injury heals. So it sounds like he won't miss a bunch of time, probably just a good chunk of the preseason. And lastly, Isaiah Ford, who has been nursing a shoulder injury, says he will play in the Thursday preseason opener against Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 7 o'clock Eastern. Is just about 48 hours away from now at Hard Rock Stadium. And we're going to talk about projected snap counts and preview that game on Thursday morning's podcast. But like I said, we still have a couple of days until we are at that point. So let's go ahead and just update today's practice. That's another Miami Dolphins. And we're kicking things off today with the running backs because of a tweet that I sent out yesterday that kind of sent the Twitterverse into a bit of a stir. And I mentioned that Frank Gore's impact is probably more likely going to be closer to what Greg Jennings was than what no Sean Marino was, at least in those first couple of games as a Dolphin, in terms of being productive, in terms of being a guy that is heavily relied upon. So I use the Greg Jennings comparison as a way to say, this is a guy that probably won't work himself into a heavy role on the football team. And in all actuality, I probably should have compared him more closely to Arian Foster for what he did for the first six games in Miami back in 2016. Not a whole lot. Had one big game against Seattle. But I think that 
Gore's role and usage is pretty well spelled out and what he can do well. Last year in 2017, Gore carried the ball 23 times down in the red zone for 3.2 yards per rush. And while that may not sound like a lot, you have to remember he only has 20 yards to work with. And among the NFL's top 10 rushing leaders, Kareem Hunt, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, Mark Ingram, Jordan Howard, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, C.J. Anderson, and Ezekiel Elliott, only Jordan Howard's 4.9 yards per rush in the red zone was better than Frank Gore's 3.2. So second best rusher in terms of yard per rush down in the red zone. Guys like Marshawn Lynch and LeGarrette Blunt averaged 2.5 yards and 1.9 yards per carry. Two guys well known for being a hammer. And on short yardage, which is third and fourth down and three yards or less to gain, Frank Gore converted 87% of his 15 carries into first downs. That was also top five among all NFL running backs. So he has a niche carved out on this football team. He's going to be the clear-cut number two running back. He is going to be a short yardage guy, a red zone beast, a guy that helps out in the locker room. And Kenyon Drake is just far and away the best running back on this roster. And as much as I like Kalen Balaj, and I've said this all along, I expect him to take quite a while to get acclimated. And Adam Gaze said the quarterbacks have had to slow things down for him a lot during training camp. So he has a ways to go. And running backs in this offense do have a lot to handle because they help out in all three phases and they have to be able to do that on every single play and know all the checks at the line of scrimmage because Adam Gase has a lot of audibles built in for Ryan Tannehill to go to in this offense. So the running game... It's going to go as far as Kenyon Drake can take it in 2018. And that tweet wasn't meant to be a slight towards Frank Gore. Let's just be honest about what he is. He's a 35-year-old back that averages about three and a half yards per carry the last several years. And while he has the volume in his back pocket, he hasn't been a highly effective runner for a long, long time. I think all of the hopes that he can be a big-time productive running back in this offense is simply just wishful thinking. And the running game, like I said, will go as Kenyon Drake goes in 2018, but it also will go as the offensive line will go because it sounds like throughout all of camp, they have struggled both getting push and in pass protection and getting push in the running game in 2017 was a serious issue. It was an even bigger issue in 2016. Dolphins running backs are hit behind the line of scrimmage just about more than anybody else in the NFL. And if they can't pick this up and get better, it's going to be a tough year for the running game and for all of these backs. And as for the offense and training camp today, it sounds like as a whole, they had a very rough day and perhaps it has something to do with the defense. That's the hopeful, wishful thinking in the Dolphins fan out there. And we'll cover that next from the Lockdown Dolphins podcast after a quick word from our friends at Vivid Seats. And as football season nears and baseball season winds down, it's a great time to tell you guys about Vivid Seats and the offer they have with the Locked On Podcast Network. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. They have offers on great prices for NFL games and all live events. And with the NFL returning, Locked On listeners can receive a 10% off of their first purchase with Vivid Seats. Just go to vividseats.com. Download the podcast and enter promo code locked on. That is one word, promo code locked on for new customers only. And this offer is good through the end of August. All Vivid Seats sales are confirmed by 100% guaranteed backing. And the Dolphins play on Thursday night. So, what better place to go get your tickets for the game? Don't spend your time at home watching the Dolphins. Go out to Hard Rock Stadium and get out there for the game. And Vivid Seats makes it cheaper for you now as Locked On Dolphins listeners can get 10% off your first ticket order when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word, exclusive promo code LOCKEDON. 
Preseason and regular season tickets are available now. So when the Dolphins kick off their season at Hard Rock Stadium on September the 9th against Tennessee Titans, you can be there for all the excitement. Go to VividSeats.com or download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for 10% off your first order. The offseason is over, the NFL is back, and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. Rolling on into segment two of the podcast here, and since the offense tends to get favored so much on this show, I thought I would spend some time talking about the defense and what they have done at practice going throughout the course of this week and the scrimmage last weekend as well. The defensive line seems to be gaining a lot of momentum and has been since that scrimmage, and Charles Harris is at the focal point of that charge as he is having one hell of a camp and even received praise from Cam Wake saying that no one has worked harder on that team than Charles Harris. So great to hear those words from a guy who is known for his hard work and made a Hall of Fame career out of his own hard work. And we covered the post-scrimmage pressers on a podcast on Monday, I believe it was, where he said he was happy again, Charles Harris that is, happy again after an arduous rookie season, saying that it was more about checking off boxes and just trying to get by. And Joe Shad tweeted out earlier today, that Harris is showing emotion, he's playing fast, he's playing hungry, he's playing loose, and it sounds like he's continuing to cause problems for our own offense. I can't wait to see him get a hold of other teams' offenses and cause problems for them. Speaking of defensive line play, Devon Godshaw finally got mentioned for a sack in practice today. That's the first time we've really talked about him a whole lot on the podcast. He plays against the run very well, hasn't been known for his pass rushing prowess, but I even looked back at my time hop today, that app you can go back and look at previous tweets and Facebook posts and all that stuff. And I had a tweet talking about Devon Godshaw's rise up the death chart and how crucial it would be to have him turn into a good player because of the position was really lacking depth at this time last year. And I think Godshaw has done so and solidified himself as a very reliable rotational defensive tackle, a boon for a fifth-round draft pick. And then talking about the pass rush again, you have to mention Cameron Wake. He got in there again as the Dolphins did something that sounds like it's strictly a practice test type of a move. They put Mike Gesicki in one-on-one against blitz pickups, and sure, he's getting killed in those as- in that aspect of the game, but most tight ends would, especially a rookie tight end against a future Hall of Famer in Cam Wake. So they are just seeing how much he can handle because I guarantee you that Adam Gaze would not dare do something that stupid come Sundays. If your tight end is blocking a defensive end one-on-one, that does not fall on the tight end when he fails. If he fails on that particular matchup or that setup, that's a fault of the play call and the play design and the coaching staff to not put him in that position. But going back on Gasicki real quick, talking about the offense, like I said, I would not do. He's getting about as much run on this podcast as Ryan Tannehill is lately, but he has earned it because today he went up against Minka Fitzpatrick in one-on-one drills, and it sounds like it was quite the battle as we expect both these guys to have a big impact from day one. I read one tweet from a beat writer, I think it was Joe Shad again, saying that Minka had perfect coverage on Gasicki on one particular play, but Gasicki contorted his body and plucked the football out of the air when he really had no business doing so. He's going to make a lot of those plays where the defense simply has to tip its cap and just say, all right, we can't defend that, similar to the way Rob Gronkowski does up in New England, and that'll be so much fun to finally have a toy like that down in Miami. Other notes going back to the defense, Cason Collins, the undrafted rookie out of North Carolina, his name pops up in practice once again. That kid brings the lumber. He can he can hit between the B-gaps and defend the run playing downhill. I've got him ticketed for practice squad this season and hopefully making an impact on 2019's team. And then special teams notes. An even rarer facet on the podcast here, the kicker's 
sound like they're getting much better in practice as Jason Sanders went seven for eight in today's practice with a 59 yarder yesterday Greg Joseph had a 61 yarder these guys have huge legs and I tend to trust Darren Rizzi on this he tends to uncover some diamonds in the rough in the special teams game or I should say the kicking game because punters on the other hand eh, I haven't really loved Matt Hawk yet and I don't think his replacement or the guy he replaced was any good either in Matt Dar. So punting, we'll see what happens to that. But kicking game appears to be getting better. And the coverage teams, they're now led by Walt Aikens after Michael Thomas's departure. The captain of the special teams unit says Chase Allen and Mike Hull have been playing very well so far on special teams. And that's usually the main thing to watch late in these preseason games, the special teams coverage units and who is a part of it, because that is the surest way to find out who will be on the back end of the roster. All right, guys, I made some tweaks to my depth chart. I'll discuss those in the final segment here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL at Locked On Fins. Rolling on into the final segment on the Tuesday, August the 7th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, and the depth chart has made quite a stir throughout the Dolphins universe on Twitter and a like so far this week. And so I have my depth chart. As you guys know, I sit next to a whiteboard as I record the podcast. I have every player listed out with expected snap counts, their position grouping, and how important they are to the team with certain distinctions. And we're going to go ahead and go over that depth chart real quick. I made some changes to it at cornerback, at wide receiver, and at tight end. Let's go ahead and get the easy ones out of the way real quick. Quarterback's going to be Ryan Tannehill with David Fales, Brock Osweiler, and Bryce Petty following them up. Running backs, Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, Kalen Balazs, Shanoris Perry, and then the three other guys, Howell, Radcliffe, and Jeremy Linkford. The wide receiver room is where I made some changes here, and Kenny Stills is atop that depth chart still. I have him in green, which means I expect him to play 70% or more of the snaps. I think that's pretty much a given at this point. I elevated a second receiver into the green. That's a change for me. Danny Amendola goes up there. If he's healthy, he is going to play a whole lot. I elevated Jakeem Grant from a blue player, which is a 30 to 50% snap taker, up to an orange player, which is a 50 to 70% snap taker. So he's up on the depth chart at the third wide receiver spot. Albert Wilson right below him. Those two could really be interchangeable in that role. Also an orange player. And Devontae Parker gets the demotion down to a blue player. I know he's still listed as a starter on the depth chart, but I just keep on hearing those reports, keep on hearing that he can't work the right way, and I just have no confidence in him to get his career turned around and back on the right track. Tight end, another position I made changes at. Mike Gasicki, the full-fledged starting tight end. He is a green player, a 70% plus snap taker. Marquise Gray goes from a blue player to an orange guy. I think 50% or more of the snaps could be in line for him because I think they want to run more 12 personnel, and I think he's going to get a crack over Durham Smythe who we were hoping would crack that spot as a rookie, but that's a lot to ask for two rookie tight ends up there. And the way Gasicki is shining, Smythe might just kind of have to take a red shirt season this year as I have A.J. Derby ahead of Smythe on the depth chart. And then Smythe comes in at four. The offensive line is remains unchanged. Tunzel, Sitton, Kilgore, J- uh, Davis, James, with the backup Sam Young, Ted Larson, Jake Brendel, and Eric Smith. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, Isaac Asiata might get a crack to take out Brendel's spot there for a reserve gig. The defensive tackles, Devon Godshaw, Akeem Spence, Jordan Phillips, the top three guys on there, all orange players. And then Vincent Taylor falls to the blue spot, 30 to 50% snaps for him. I'm not sure how that rotation shakes out. All four of those guys are going to play. We'll see how that order goes out. Defensive ends remain unchanged. Cam Wake, Robert Quinn, Charles Harris, William Hayes, Andre Branch, Cameron Malveaux, the top six guys there. The linebackers, again, unchanged. Raekwon McMillan on the top of that list. Kiko Alonso, now an orange player, going back from a green player from what he 
he was a year ago, a 70% plus snap taker. Hopefully he gets relegated a little bit with more dime defense and more of an emphasis on defensive backs. Stephon Anthony has the other starting job, I guess if you want to call it a quote-unquote starting job, and then Jerome Baker, Terrence Garvin, and Chase Allen, the other linebackers on the roster. At cornerback, you have Xavier Howard. I'm going with Bobby McCain as the number two corner for now. Cordrea Tankersley has the three spot, and he'll come onto the field and kick Bobby McCain into the slot in the nickel packages. And I made a change here with McTire jumping over Tony Lippett for the fourth spot. So it goes Howard, McCain, Tankersley, McTire, Lippett, and then Cornell Armstrong makes the team as well. The safeties, Rashad Jones and Minka Fitzpatrick. I have Fitzpatrick over TJ McDonald, who is the third safety ahead of Maurice Smith and Walt Aikens alike, even though Aikens is probably more of a cornerback. Who knows? He's not going to play defense anyway. So big changes at cornerback. McTire goes over Lippitt. Receivers, Devontae Parker goes all the way down to number five. Jakeem Grant gets more snaps. And tight ends, Marquise Gray finds more snaps and more 12 personnel there. I have some distinctions up here. Players the Dolphins cannot afford to lose. Of course, Ryan Tannehill atops that list. Cam Wake is on that list. Raekwon McMillan is there as well. Rashad Jones and Minka Fitzpatrick, the two safeties I have. Both those guys need to be healthy for this new dime defense to work out. Other distinctions are special teams core players. Walt Aikens on that list. Cornell Armstrong's on that list. Terrence Garvin's on that list. And Sonoris Perry is on that list. And lastly, the practice squad remains unchanged from the last time you guys heard me talk about it. Jalen Davis, Kaysen Collins, Quinton Poling, Jamius Pittman, Claudia Mathau, Maurice Smith, David Steinmetz, Buddy Howell, Isaiah Ford, and Malcolm Lewis all on the practice squad. So that's my updated death chart. We'll see how that changes after Thursday's game. We'll update it again next week and get you guys caught up on the movers and shakers up that list. Tomorrow's podcast is going to be all about Zach Thomas. I already have it recorded. Three awesome guests. Chris Cullen from the Welcome to Perfectville podcast. Andrew Mitchell, one of our staff writers here at Locked On Dolphins. And Joe Blewett, a Jets fan, host of the Turn on the Jets Film Room podcast. He does some great film work, a very technical football mind. He is in his own right. Wednesday's show, I said Zach Thomas is going to be up. That's first thing tomorrow morning. Thursday's and Friday's shows also will be first thing in the morning. Thursday's podcast will preview the game, snap counts, what's going to happen, what to look for, the keys we need to find out in that game. And then Friday's show will recap everything. I'll be up late Thursday breaking down the film and going over that game and getting you guys all the notes on that game. But as for today's podcast... That is going to do it for me. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL. The show is at Locked On Fins. And keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. Enjoy Hard Knocks tonight. We'll talk to you again tomorrow with the Zach Thomas edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.